0: Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, a familiar theme resurfaced with the signing of running back James Conner. We know everyone likes lists, so we've got one for you. The list of MVP candidates for 2021, and yes, Kyler Murray's name is on the list. Plus, Mike Jurecki continues to count down his top 50 draft prospects. We'll spotlight numbers 21 to 30, a group that may be in play if the decision is made to trade down from number 16. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 414, and it starts now.
1: Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side defense Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Well, let's pick up
0: where we left off the conversation the last time we talked, MJ, and that's continuing the discussion about running back James Conner. The reported visit ended in a contract signing a one-year deal, and I know this is a move that you really, really like.
1: The fact is that, you know, in the offseason, we got the impression that they were going to go with Chase Edmonds as the bell cow. Now, he's never really carried the load, and he's been a change of pace back. But I think if you're going to complement Chase Edmonds, who I believe will be the starter, he's the perfect back. You're looking for a guy that can get that third and two, fourth and one, the short yarded situations. And if this team can get a lead and learn how to finish games, you want to be at a line of run, run the football to keep their opposing defense or offense on the sidelines and your defense on the sidelines so um i think it's a nice one two punch you know clearly he's had some injuries he, he's plays physical i think he's been good in pass protection for the safety of l considering how much uh in the safety net i should say when ben roethlisberger holds the ball uh, and i think he knows his role now he did say that it really didn't sit down and tell him what his role is going to be. But I think he'll know his role going into the season. And if something happens to Chase, you got a guy with some experience. I like the age, he's 25, he'll be 26. So again, there was Mark Ingram out there. There was Mike Davis. I thought those guys would be good fits. Now those guys are a little bit older in age. And so you get a guy in on a one-year deal, prove it deal. And you could see, you know, as you're going to point out, four years at the University of Pittsburgh and then playing for the Steelers, You could just see, you know, he needed a fresh start and, you know, obviously coming off of uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. So he's been through a lot. Um, No hard feelings. Uh, I think he was looking for this day where he get a new opportunity.
0: A veteran back talking about James Conner. And yes, four seasons in the league is considered a veteran. And to your point, a much bigger back, six foot one, 233 pounds, I heard. Drew Grigson on the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals Director of Player Personnel mentioned thunder and lightning. So that's already out there as far as the speed and power, if you will, in the backfield. And I think Connor is coming into your points about knowing that Chase Edmonds is the guy. If you believe what Kingsbury has said, what Kaim has said, they fully support Edmonds in being that guy, a three-down back. He can start every game. Yet I do think. If there is a knock on Edmonds, we haven't seen him carry the load, but I think Connor is also that guy that you might see figured out. Maybe he does start a game or two, depending on where the ball is positioned, how the defense lines up. And maybe it is on first down. I, I think you might see more. I know Kingsbury says he likes a full backfield, meaning not to rely on one guy. But what he shows is that he rides the hot hand. I do think, though, that... At the end of the season, if both guys knock on wood, stay healthy, that there might be more of a balance in terms of carries unless one guy does get hot over the other. I don't see either one of these running backs, Connor or Edmonds, being in that Kenyon-Drake mode. that I get better as the game goes on. I get more lathered up as I get more carries and more effective later in the ballgame. I think both these guys can come out of the gate, meaning the start of the game, and be ineffective.
1: Well, you know, it's something we're going to have to pay attention to. We really won't know until, you know, the first month of the season. But I, I do think there's been a little uh, transformation or transition when it comes to, you know, this team trying to throw the ball. I still think they want to throw it based on their weapons. And if they had a receiver in the first or second round, that's only going to help that, um, where you got some depth and you got some guys who hopefully can get open. But. You know, at, at the same time, I, I think Cliff would like to have both backs in the backfield together. I mean, if you're looking at a Chase Edmonds, you can line both in the backfield. Um, you can motion him in, in, in the slot. when We know that can be a matchup. You can also do a direct snap to Connor um, to where you want to run the ball out of that formation. So I still think they want to throw it, but I, I think we're going to start to see a little bit more physicality at the line of scrimmage. And, and they can rely on two backs. And... Craig, when we were leaving the stadium on Tuesday after the Red Sea report, what did I say to you? When are we going to hear about thunder and lightning? <laughs> it was sooner rather than later, and we'll
0: see whether that marketing wow. tool or that slogan comes up once the season begins.
1: Well, and and really the reason why is you've got a guy that can obviously run between the tackles, bounce outside, he can catch the ball, and then you got a guy's a bruiser. He's He's a powerful back. That's what he was known in, in Pittsburgh, and so I do think they'll complement each other. And I don't know if it was a better fit, and it allows the Cardinals a little flexibility where they don't have to draft a running back early in the rounds, even though it's probably still on on the radar. But you got him on a one year deal, and hopefully, you know, I think them and Chase, depending on how it goes, will likely get a contract extension before he becomes an unrestricted free agent after this season.
0: Connor and Edmonds don't know one another, but in speaking with Connor earlier this week, he had nothing but nice things to say about Edmonds. Quote, he can do it all, and I believe I can do it all. Then Connor added this about Edmonds. Quote, he's got that dog mentality. And Bergang, if you're worried about how these two can coexist, all it takes is this. And on social media, Chase Edmonds with the tweet, retweeting James Connor's tweet about signing with the Cardinals, and Edmonds's tweet read, let's ride, bro, exclamation point. So I think there's also already some mutual respect there. We also saw Kyler Murray and J.J. Watt both tweet James Conner as far as welcoming him to the team. So this is a move, although late in the offseason and late in the free agency process, that did catch a lot of players attention. And I think that speaks more than what maybe the fans or you and I think about the addition of James Conner.
1: Yeah. And, and we talked about the familiarity with the running backs coach and James Saxon. And two, two things come to mind. How long does it take him to figure out this offense? Because, you know, the Steelers did run uh, a no huddle, but this is more of an up tempo. And let's be honest. I mean, even though I think they've upgraded at that position, Kenyon Drake, I want to say he had 10 rushing touchdowns last year. Now, if you go to the analytics, Kenyon Drake had a better goal line percentage than James Conner. Now, Conner did miss some time, but I I think when you get on that goal line, you know, and Kyler had 11 touchdowns, that's 21 touchdowns. I think they had 22 rushing last year. Maybe Chase had the other one. And so I think you're going to see maybe some more short yardage on the goal line where Connor's gonna get the ball. He may have more rushing touchdowns than Chase this year, but now Chase may have more with receiving and rushing. So goal line situations, I think he's really gonna help this team. And we know that if Sean Cougar has a say in it and the offensive line has a say in it, they want to put the running game on their back and they wanna push the ball in the end zone.
0: Run between the tackles and don't be cute about it. Let's not happen what happened at New England right before the end of the first half push that pile forward across the goal line so you're not coming away with nothing as the Cardinals did in that game against the Patriots?
1: Well, we know when you get down to the red zone, let's say hypothetically you're at the five-yard line that the field gets a lot shorter. I mean, there were times when Kyler Murray hit Christian Kirk and he dropped it going into the end zone. There was times when Christian Kirk... They ran that same play a couple of years ago. It's a quick bubble screen. He's got to catch that ball. So if teams are going to try to stop the run, and you, like you said, don't get cute though, you know, but just line up and run the ball because I think the offensive line relishes that. But there have been times when they got down there and didn't want to be predictable, and they unfortunately didn't score points there and probably led to either a field goal or a missed field goal based on down and distance.
0: It was interesting to hear James Conner on with Doug and Wolf earlier this week on 98.7 FM. And he mentioned, you know, being familiar with the Cardinals and not so much James Saxon. Yes, that's part of it. But he brought up the facts about his pre draft meeting with the Cardinals. And this is the first time that I can remember, at least again, recency bias in which a player has brought that up when changing teams. Typically we hear coaches or front office people say, you know, I remember watching film of him. I remember speaking to him at the combine, but here you have four years after the fact, remember Connor, a third round pick in 2017. And he remembers specifically meeting with the Cardinals. Now he didn't get specific as far as when and where, but it certainly left an impression. And as we say, Every amount of information matters. Every detail matters because even though we're sitting here talking about the draft and some top 10 picks that certainly won't be in consideration for the Cardinals at number 16, you don't know what happens two, three, four, five years down the line. So you have to do your homework. And it certainly sounds like James Conner did his before signing with the Cardinals.
1: I think a prime example is, and I mentioned it uh, earlier in the week when you get you see the uh, the teaser on the flight plan. Here's Steve Kime with his uh, cowboy clicker, and he's watching film on Jamar Chase. There's no way the Cardinals get Jamar Chase. I mean, i was never saying never, but you'd have to move up. You know how I feel. I think him and Kylie Pitts. You take away those quarterbacks. I think they're one of the top two players in the draft. Here he is, because you know three or four years from now, you never know if he's going to be a free agent or if he's a guy like Hop, maybe he goes to a team where you know he's not totally happy. and um, But I think he's going to have a long career. And I can go back another thing and tell you, when the Cardinals were looking at Shane Ray and he was drafted by the Broncos, uh, there was a, a lot of talk about uh, failed marijuana tests. They were watching, all of a sudden, Marcus Golden popped out on that film And next thing you know, Ray goes in the first round, the Cardinals draft Marcus Golden. So it's always interesting. But the fact is, yes, Steve Kime probably thinks I won't be able to draft this guy, but I want to know what his skill set is against a Jalen Waddell, a Devontae Devontae, uh, Smith. How does he go with some of these second and third round picks? Is there a similar skill set? So that's, you know, even though the Cardinals are going to come away with, you know, six, seven picks. They took a look at every single player because at some point in time those guys could become available. Not now, down the road. Did you read into anything when the contract details
0: were reported? One year, one point seven five million. This talking about James Conner base salary of one point two five and a five hundred thousand dollars signing bonus. But the fact that this contract is guaranteed, meaning that he should be. I mean, nothing is. Nothing is guaranteed as far as whether you make the roster or not. But the fact that this is a deal that they say, "Hey, here's your money," and we fully expect you to be there week one and all the way through week seventeen.
1: I haven't looked at the uh, the bonus money from the five hundred thousand. I got to assume it's how many games you're active on, let alone fifty three. And and it's got to be somewhere to where if he reaches a five hundred yards plateau, that, that that those are incentives of achievable. Now the other thing is that because he's going into his fifth years, if he's on the roster in week one, that money is guaranteed for the entire season. So it's more bookkeeping. Um, You know, we'll see how he plays. Uh, Again, I do think Chase is in line for an extension. I think the Cardinals would like to maybe extend him. Possibly Chandler Jones. That's me thinking out loud. I think they're focused on, you know, getting off to a good start and letting the dust settle where it is. But yeah, I mean, I, I to me. Um, you know, if he gives the Cardinals 14 games, I think we, 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 we would take that right now because um, he's a tough runner. He's had different injuries throughout his career, but he's not asked to be the the workhorse here. He's asked to be a complimentary back and, you know, like you said, and I think it's a great point in the, the last couple of years, Cliff Kingsbury likes to ride the hot hand. So he's got the hot hand. Uh, then you got a good one, two punch with him and Evans.
0: And a note on the 1.75 million Darren Urban on azcardinals.com blogged about this because an important distinction that 1.75 million the maximum amount, without counting against a team's compensatory pick equation so that's why this move was made ahead of the draft as opposed to after and yes this is all a numbers game this is about the formula that no one really knows much about but this was why and you alluded to it earlier in the week when james connor's uh, reported visit first surfaced that you know could this happen now or is this something that they hold off and wait to officially announce and obviously they did it before the draft
1: so on paper Right now they'll have three compensatory picks. Uh, normally they, they would have got a three for Patrick, but that becomes a five now based on the new CBA. And then they got two picks in the seventh round. And again, sometimes you can, you know, parlay those picks for other uh, options. And but at this point in time, it looks like they're going to keep the three. And, and I thought possibly, you know, they bring him in for a physical. Uh, technically, still rehabbing from a toe injury and, a, and an accident he had, but he. The, I think the organization feels confident that he'll be ready in June. So at this time, you know, I, I didn't know that number, but the good news is they didn't have to wait until after the draft. And all of a sudden now, you know, maybe he has other interests or teams that weren't able to draft the running back. Cause you know, you got Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson out there and Todd Gurley and, and Gurley, he pulled a fast one on April Fools, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. Tweeting about some
0: team being interested or close to signing. And of course he's, still out there on the market so hey it's what social media is all about as we continue here on cardinals cover 2 presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals james connor opened his press conference speaking with the local media talking about why the cardinals and he said quote i just felt right place right time then he also added this quote i feel brand new Four years with the Steelers. Before that, four years at the University of Pittsburgh. He's born and raised in Erie, Pennsylvania. He's never been outside the state, so he is coming clear across country to the state of Arizona. And it got me thinking, MJ, you look in addition to Connor, J.J. Watt, 10 seasons with the Texans. A.J. Green, 10 seasons with the Bengals. Sean Williams, 8 seasons with the Bengals. And now Connor four players who have all said similar things change of scenery fresh start they feel re-energized and yes with green watt and williams those are guys on the back nine of their career if you will as opposed to connor who believes that he is still on the upswing but here you have perhaps the cardinals looking at catching lightning in a bottle if you will as far as teams feeling a little bit younger if you will because it's a new experience Everyone likes new, that new toy, and all of a sudden it becomes exciting. It becomes fresh, and perhaps the Cardinals can ride that with those four players and others. But as far as those specific players who have never seen anything outside of the Texans, Bengals, or Steelers, and now here they are, not only a brand new team, but a brand new conference
1: yeah and and i look at every situation you know jj watt went to the organization Uh, he had one year on his contract and he said i want out so he was able to you know force his way out but he 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 went through a lot of um, you know negativity and clearly just based on his energy and his first press conference and everything everything since then on social media you can just see he's thrilled i think he's hitting the reset button on his career Nothing against Cincinnati. You know, A.J. Green was there for some lean years. Uh, clearly, the last couple of years, when you're switching head coaches and got the first pick in the draft, you're going to go through a lot of frustration. I think he's hitting the reset button on his career. Um, you, you just look at, you know, Rodney Hudson. Obviously, is a guy that, you know, no matter what, was going to be a starter in this league. And so, I think he feels like, hey, I'm close to Vegas. I was in Oakland, uh, so I'm still on the West Coast. But I think also, just people don't talk about this enough is the Cardinals facilities. They put 25 million into the facilities. They have state of art uh, when it comes to cold tubs and rehab, and then they got the bubbles so you don't have to be out there. But the main thing is the weather. They, they had one of the best turfs and Darren tweeted out, which you and I got a chance to see every week, how the field looks at the stadium. So it's good on the body. It's when you wake up on and you go to practice and you come out in the sun. So there's a lot of factors here, but one In Malcolm Butler, one thing I'll say is name recognition. You know, maybe people, that we, you and I are in agreement on Rodney Hudson signing, probably the most important signing because two things protected Murray and he should help out to make guys better around him. Then you look at Malcolm Butler. We know who Malcolm Butler is. If you're somebody that plays fantasy football, you know who A.J. Green is. If you're somebody that follows, um, you know, defensive football, you know who J.J. Watt is. So, uh, Brian Winters probably flies under the radar a little bit just because he played in a different conference, and you know. But for the most part, um, I just like the fact that you know um, these may not be um, you know guys that are 26 to 28, but I feel like they're rejuvenated and they're motivated. And the back end, use the golf term, they're on the back nine of their careers.
0: And these are players that have, as I like to say, resumes. So it's not like you're signing guys and hoping. You know what to expect with a Watts, a Green, a Williams. And now you just hope that it continues. And I do think it matters that, one, they chose to come to the Cardinals. And then, two, they see something in the Cardinals, and specifically Kyla Murray, that they feel that they can help Take this organization, take this team to the next step, which, as we've discussed, and it happened at the end of last season, it is the playoffs in 2021. You have to take that next step. You have to win nine, 10, 11 games, get into the postseason, get that experience, and hopefully a lot of experience, meaning it's just not one and done in the playoffs.
1: Well, let's take a look at James Conner, okay? He was a third round pick. Great story. Um, going back to two thousand eighteen, he had close to fifteen hundred all purpose yards. He goes to the Pro Bowl, but over the last couple of years, he's been injured, and they went out and drafted running backs in the fourth round. So it's nice to be wanted. They could have resigned him. You know, it would have been the same thing. You know, he's going to be a backup, and you know, when he's in there, probably you know, maybe making him, making him a third down back. But here he was wanted, just like. A.J. Green was wanted. And, and again, so – and he, he's very – I listened to a couple interviews with him. He's very uh, complimentary of playing in Pittsburgh for four years, the fan base. Um, but I just think he hit the reset button and goes, you know what, I'm still young enough. And he told us, I haven't experienced the West Coast. I want, I want, you know, I want to check it out. So, um, But I, I just think a lot of these guys are hitting the reset button um, because of based on where they've been in the past.
0: Connor, quote, I'm looking forward to the change. It's something new. And then he added, he hopes to continue to grow as a player and as a person. So again, the expectations aren't huge on James Connor, but he certainly does fit a need that we talked about as far as that veteran back, the complimentary back. So it's not on the shoulders of a Chase Edmonds. And then all of a sudden, you're not forced to look at the draft for a running back.
1: Okay, before we get into our 30 to 21 and also the MVP, you know, Devontae Campbell, uh, Cardinals played against him. I didn't really know who he was. Uh, I, I like the fact that he was able to stop tight ends. Jordan Phillips, I'm a Bills fan. He was there for a short time, uh, obviously put up numbers. You know, you listen to Lorenzo Alexander. I didn't know he, here, you've got name recognition and these guys want to be here, you know, versus taking the money uh, clearly, Watt, obviously, he's going to have to pan out you know, over more than one or two years, but name recognition, and Craig, I think we can agree here. I don't want to speak for you, but every guy that we've talked about, Butler, Green, um, you throw in Connor, you throw in Hudson, I think they upgraded those positions on paper.
0: Yes, keyword on paper, but that's what the front office is charged to do is improve this team. And now it's on the players and coaches to make sure that improvement shows up on Sundays. Bird Gang, really excited about this. Mark it down on your calendar. Thursday, April 22nd, one week from today, 7 p.m., via the Cardinals YouTube channel. Season four of the Emmy Award winning series, Cardinals Flight Plan. Episode number one will take you behind the scenes of the Cardinals offseason, including free agency, draft prep, and a whole lot more. Go to youtube.com slash AZCardinals. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the action. This is something I look forward to every offseason. And episode number one titled Power Surge drops, as they like to say, on Thursday, April 22nd. All right, you teased it. Before we get into your top 50 draft prospects, and we're highlighting numbers 21 to 30, the most valuable player the odds for the upcoming season courtesy bets online everyone loves lists so we thought we would play along as well and i think you know there are certain names that you can always count on when you look at a most valuable player list ahead of a season Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. You're looking at quarterbacks, and I think there are a lot of quarterbacks to pay attention to. Question is that the Bird
1: Gang wants to know, MJ, Kyler Murray, does he show up on this list? He does. Now, you mentioned Mahomes, number one, Rodgers, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, coming to a new team. Kyler Murray in between Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady. He's ahead of... Dak Prescott, who I think is going to have a bounce back here. Deshaun Watson, we'll see about the availability there. Justin Herbert, even Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield. Now, listen, last year, the way he started and the way the team was the number one offense, yardage-wise, he was in the conversation, just like Russell Wilson. Now, I'd rather have him win 10 or 11 games than worry about the MVP. I think he would now. Craig, I didn't know this stat, but there are six franchises that have never had an MVP, including the Arizona Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals, Chicago Cardinals. I, I, I got some going back just to when the AFL uh, merged with the NFL. Jacksonville, Tampa, the Saints. You would have thought Drew Brees would have won an MVP during a regular season. The Jets and the Texans. So. I look at the list. It would be great to see him win that, but right now it's about him making progress and, and just getting better week to week, and you know, really hitting that playbook and studying film and working out with his players. So again, I, I like the fact that Vegas thinks he's going to have a better year than Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield. You know, a couple teams are going to play, and you know, we don't face Brady in them. But Matthew Stafford's interesting to me because I think he's got the weapons, and I think Sean McVay's been salivating to unleash him.
0: Well, we talk about Kyla Murray and that Ascension year one offensive rookie of the year, year two pro bowler. And again, it's not a guarantee that year three is an MVP type season, but I think that is, The expectation to a certain extent, because as you mentioned, halfway through last season, there was Kyler Murray in the midst of the conversation of MVP. He was on track for 4,000 passing yards, 1,000 rushing yards, never been done before in the history of the National Football League. And here he is, the latest odds, tied for the sixth best as far as winning MVP this coming season, tied with Tom Brady and ahead of a Russell Wilson within the NFC West. So it's a good list when your quarterback is on it, and this certainly bodes well for the future. Does it mean anything outside of that? I'm kind of like you, MJ. Just give me 10, 11, 12 wins, and with those wins comes the conversation about postseason honors.
1: Yeah, teams with the most MVPs per season. You look at the Packers and Colts, they have nine. And that would be Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning. Probably Bart Starr, possibly. Yeah, must be nice. <laughs> Anyways, hey, it'd be great if Kyle, Whether it's this year, or next year, or the year after, um, it would be the first person because we know that the Cardinals have had Hall of Fame players. They've had Player of the Year honors, Anquan Bolden, and, and Kyler Murray, and you know Defensive Players of the Week and of uh, the Month. But this this will go a long way. But I don't think that's that's more. That's a team award when you're winning.
0: Yes, and we're talking about winning the award while wearing the Cardinals uniform. Yes, Kurt Warner is a former MVP, but he didn't do it while wearing a Cardinals uniform. That's an important distinction. By the way, Murray, not the only Cardinals name on this list. DeAndre Hopkins, one of nine players with 100 to 1 odds. To win MVP Devonte Adams, Travis Kelsey in that group as well. So Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. I certainly could see it if Hopkins has 15, 1600 yards and maybe 15, 16, 17 touchdowns. And of course that all bodes well. It means the offense is moving the ball up and down the field and scoring points.
1: Yeah, and and I think that some of those guys should be in the Offensive Player of the Year uh, award because usually it goes to a quarterback, the MVP, unless a running back runs for two thousand yards. And then you got really good running backs, Alvin Kamara, Delvin Cook, you know. So they're going to put up numbers. Um, but if Hop can get more touchdowns, I mean, it's going to put them on the All Pro team, you know, All All uh, NFC team. So, but yeah, it's just hard. To, but I think when it comes to the Offensive Player of the Year award, it should go to a running back or a wide receiver um, just based on the numbers. And that's been the case. You just don't see a lot of MVPs coming from the wide receiver running back position.
0: Let's move on to our next topic here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And that is the NFL Draft. We are two weeks away, Bird Gang, from the Cardinals being on the clock. Number 16 overall, they have six total draft picks. And as I referenced earlier on in the show, Drew Grigson, the Cardinals Director of Player Personnel, on this week's Big Red Rage. If you missed it, go to azcardinals.com slash podcast, and you never miss an episode. But a great interview, and according to Grigson, MJ, quote, the board is up, meaning the Cardinals know where they rank their players. Although, as Grigson added, some, quote, minor massaging might be needed between now and april 29th but for the most part it certainly sounds like a lot of the work a lot of the discussion has already been done
1: yeah now you, you go in that draft room and they continue to have their draft meetings and you start looking around and, i mean i'm sure that when when they look at a guy maybe they have a higher grade than the guy below that they go back and watch the film but the good news is the heavy lifting's done and and, and they're confident that they put the work in in the offseason and you know, between uh, Quentin Harris and Drew Grigson and a lot of the uh, area scouts, they've done a good job. And now, now you just got to watch things unfold. I'm sure they like a lot of players, but at this point in time, they just don't have a ton of picks. So they got to head on the picks they have.
0: Well, let's talk about some of those options that the Cardinals might have with their six draft picks. We've been counting down Mike Turecki's top 50 draft prospects. If you've missed Any of those shows, you can catch them in the archives, but we are now on numbers 21 to 30, so let's count it down, beginning with number 30, and that would be Landon Dickerson, the center out of Alabama, by all accounts, the number one center in this draft, also with some experience at guard, but a unanimous All-American, first-team All-SEC, Landon Dickerson, your 30th best prospect when looking at the 2021 list.
1: And I don't know if he's going to be a first-round pick, but he will be the first center. We're going to see a couple uh, you know, tackles come off the board and then uh, probably Ver-Taker, Tucker um, off the board. But he's he's definitely the best center, obviously going to Alabama. Great size, 6'6", 333 pounds, arm length 33, twenty-two five. got hands are close to 10.5. You know, he's a he's guy, as you mentioned, he, was, he landed on the uh, Remington Trophy as the nation's best center, as well known as the Associated Press All-American Team. Now, according to Lance Zerlein, he compares him to Frank Ragu He's an ascending interior lineman with outstanding play. Um, he's really good wide and rugged with broad shoulders, waist, and arms. plays NFL caliber football at both guard and center. Vocal leader on the practice field. Um, history of injuries, including an ACL tear suffered uh, in December, shorter arms than desired, leaves his feet behind a dry blocker. So according to a scout or executive for an NFL team, I love him. I know some people around the league think he's still under the radar, but I doubt that. He reminds me of the mountain from the Game of Thrones, just big and strong and tough executive from an NFC team.
0: And it was a great moment at the end of that national championship game. He was on the field for that final snap. So props to head coach Nick Saban to allow Landon Dickerson to experience that moment. As you mentioned, the injury certainly devastating, especially late in the season on the way to a national championship. All right, let's go to number 29. And we go to the defense, free safety Trevon Moerig, a 6'2 ball hawk, the best defensive back in all of college football. According to those who vote, he was the Jim Thorpe award winner and a two-time first-team All-Big 12 selection out of TCU.
1: You know, we talked about Richie Grant, and I do think when you look at Trevin, Trayvon, he, he, I think he's going to be probably the only safety drafted in the first round. He's got good size, 6 six feet, 202. Uh, his arm 31 about 30 and a half. A very talented height, weight, speed prospect with the range and ball skills to become an impact defender at the next level. Good size, desires to set the tone when stopping, uh, stepping down the uh, downhill to tackle. Smooth hips and drives with depth. Um, you know, the, the, I guess the only negatives as uh, weaknesses played with better overall coverage awareness in 2019. Could be a little nonchalant finding a post position, meaning where he's lined up, and how do you get there. According to uh, uh, NFL NFL National Scout, I thought he was better um, than both of their safeties. When I studied him this summer on the tape of 2019, Gary Patterson asked a lot of his safeties, so I know the kid's a very smart football player. So I do think if there's one safety to go off the board, it will be him. The the comp is Jesse uh, Bates. Again, good size and plays with alpha quality, so he's not afraid to tackle.
0: Yeah, he's a little bit bigger than Richie Grant, the safety out of Central Florida. We stay with defense at number 28, linebacker Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. Good size, six foot five, two 260-pound, and the best defensive player, period. I mean, Lombardi. Bronco Nagurski, Chuck Bednarik, award winner. He cleaned house as far as postseason honors con- are concerned. 6'5",
1: 259. He's got arms, 33-6, hands about 9-3. He stuffed the uh, stat sheet. we always talking about filling up the stat sheet. 53 tackles, a team high, 11.5 for losses, four sacks, four interceptions, two pass breakups. He did not play in the team's bowl game. Um, the comp is Leighton Van plays for the Dallas Cowboys, kind of a similar big guy though. But uh, I think he's going to be a first-round pick again. Teams are looking for pass rushers, but you know we know that you got to have some inside linebackers. Um, but he's a guy that probably is better suited for a four-three. But he's a football player. Um, the other thing is three years start, as you said, winner of the Bronco Nagurski Award. Um, doesn't always um, his instincts and diagnosis are just average at times, so he needs to. Deep fill the leverage against the run, but he can prove he proves from point A to point B. So I do think he's going to be a a guy that's going to have a long career. I'm not comparing him to guys like Devin White or even a guy like Isaiah Simmons. He's a little bit heavier, two fifty nine, but again, six foot five. Yeah, he
0: can play. As I read some scattering reports, sideline to sideline. But as far as an inside linebacker, maybe too big for that. That's why you mentioned being more a linebacker in a 4-3 is compared to what the Cardinals run, a 3-4. But we'll see. You can always figure things out, especially when you have the talent and certainly the productivity of Zayvon Collins. Another defensive player, as we count it down, number 27, an edge rusher out of Texas, Joseph Osai. Consensus, first team All-American, first team All-Big 12. Born in Nigeria, so a great behind-the-scenes story, but com- but very productive for Texas.
1: Yeah, they were born in, in Nigeria. His family moved to the United States when he was 10 years old. He worked on his game during high school to become a finalist for the Houston Touchdown Defensive Player of the Year Club. Um, you know, you, you look at his um, great story, as you pointed out, uh, the fact that he opted out for his team's bowl game, so we didn't get a chance to see him. But I think he's one of those guys you can just plug in there and 6'4", 256, uh, the comp is Tariq McKinley, McKinley according to Lance Zerline, um, former inside linebacker who had saw, saw the stock rise after moving to his natural edge position. He uses long arms to his advantage. Motor stays have revved up all the time. Little thing is uh, only one year full season as an edge rusher allows blockers into his frame in the run game, and that can be uh, difficult. According to a source told Land Zerlund, AFC scout, they will tell you in the building that this kid is just nonstop in practice and he is in the game. There is no front here. He loves the ball and he's going to get better quickly. So it looks like he's the guy that appreciates where he's at. Obviously coming from Nigeria, getting a chance to play and possibly make a, a Uh, an advancement in the NFL.
0: We continue to count it down 30 to 21, the top 50 prospects. And we go back to the offensive side of the ball here at number 26, a wide receiver out of Minnesota, Rashad Bateman. Hasn't gotten a lot of press, but you look at his measurables, MJ, and he's certainly someone that might be a la Justin Jefferson a year ago, not talked a lot about during the pre-draft process, but once the season begins, might be one of those guys that really surprises a, a, a team out there as far as being maybe the best productive wide receiver as opposed to maybe not the highest drafted wide receiver.
1: Yeah, and I think once you look after the top three, we, we talk about, it, you know, you look at, you know, junior I'm sorry, Jamar Chase, and then you look at uh, Jalen Weddle and then Devontae Smith. He's in that sex w- next wave, but six feet, 190, uh, hands are about 9'5". Now, he initially opted out of the 2020 season due to COVID, but decided to opt back in when the Big Ten announced that would be playing fall football instead of playing in the spring. He led his team in re- receiving yards. But opted out the remainder of the rest of the season um, with Wisconsin was canceled due to COVID, was later rescheduled. So leagues, um, you know, it, when he plays, he's got a chance to uh, you know, make some opportunities and, and get to the ball. But for the most part, I do think he's a guy that can be a second round pick and he can come in here and help you. Um, you know, if the Cardinals aren't able to get Jalen Waddell, I would think that some of these options could be second or third round.
0: He was very productive in 2019 a third team yes. all-American first team all Big 12 selection. Though the question is is, you know, you brought up his weight. Minnesota listed him at 210, yet he weighed in at 190. So <laughs> that's a big difference when you're talking about, you know, did you lose 20 pounds or did you gain 20 pounds as far as when you're playing in college. So that is something that why the combine is so important to teams because then you can actually get the exact measurement on these guys as far as height and weight and that's a a huge discrepancy when the college lists you at 210 and you weigh in at 190 195 that i don't know if it's a red flag mj but it certainly leaves a lot to the imagination and certainly probably a discussion or two with rashad as far as how did how, how did this happen yeah, you, just, you hope it's not water weight. Yeah. All right, the picks 30 to 26. Let's do a quick recap. Landon Dickerson, Trevon Moerig, Zayven Collins, Joseph Asai, and Rashad Bateman. Let's move into our top 25 and at number 25, certainly in recent days, probably the most talked about draft prospect, especially when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, talking about Virginia Tech corner Caleb Farley, Yes, he is the number one corner on Mel Kuyper's big board, though he is slipping by all accounts because of the medical concerns. He's had back surgery. What do we make of Caleb Farley, who you, MJ as the 25th best prospect here in 2021?
1: Well, if you had asked me this maybe, you know, a couple months ago, I think I I would have said definitely uh, probably one of the top three corners, you know, between Patrick Sertan and, you throw in um, horn jc horn I, w- I would put him in that category now the thing is he uh he's big long could run um, and that's what the cardinals need i like the six um, you know fairly's mother robin passed away in january of 2018 after battling breast cancer and, and as you pointed out so He's been through a lot, and then he had the back procedure, um, which kept him working out at Virginia Tech. Um, He's got really good size. I mean, the the comp is Sean Smith. You know, the size, Sean Smith is tall and lean. Um, A lot of people think he can play inside or outside. Um, I just think it's too risky, and again, uh, there'll be teams. I don't know if he'll go top 15, top 20, but you want to get that 50-year option, so I can see a team taking a flyer on him. He, he did say he's expected to be ready for training camp. So, Or does somebody try to take a t- second round pick and move up to get him for that fifth-year option? You're not drafting him for one year. You're drafting him for the next four or five years. And the tape backs it up. It's just that some team's medical staff will say he's a red flag, uh, wouldn't take him in the first round, but you could take him later on
0: he has been very vocal caleb farley has as far as speaking out about his health and making sure that people know that he feels that he is going to be 100 and no issues whatsoever former wide receiver in fact entered college as a wide receiver and then converted to corner so he has that ability to know what the guys that he's going to be asked to cover what their tricks are as far as running routes. So that should help him as well. But Caleb Farley, an interesting name out there, especially when it comes to corner. We know the Cardinals need for another corner, several corners, not just here in the draft. All right, number 24, running back Najee Harris out of Alabama, the top running back Last season, won the Doak Walker Award, a unanimous All-American, first-team All-SEC. He is the number one running back on your board, MJ. So as we talk about Najee Harris, also bring up Travis Etienne, because these two, there's, I wouldn't say a difference of opinion, but some... Some, some scouts out there like Harris over ATN. Others prefer the opposite. They like ATN over Harris.
1: And that's because they're, they're different runners. They're different size. You look at Harris, six one, two thirty two. 232. Um, you look at um, Travis Etienne, he's a little bit smaller. So, you know, if the Cardinals didn't sign Connor, and, and again, I wouldn't draft a running back at 16, but if you move down... Um, the thing is, when you're drafting a guy in the first round, you want to make sure that you develop him over a five-year period. So you want to make sure you extend him. Running backs, you're probably not going to extend. So it's a luxury pick, but you got to make sure. But I think, you know, you can get a running back in the second or third round. Kind of Now he's compared to uh, Steven Jackson. We know Steven Jackson was a load. Um, great size, uh, with a demeanor for the game, runs decisively with urgency. Rarely fumbles, able to gather and cut on short notice. Downhill wiggle—he's um, a downhill runner. Runs with, um, you know, uh, the short hands and ability to catch the ball in the backfield. I do think he's one of the better backs. And of course, we know that when you play at Alabama, they, you know, they—they they produce a lot of running backs. Now, um, the first couple of years, he was kind of backup, so. Usually, the you know the the stigma on Nick Saban is he runs these guys into their ground.
0: Well, yeah. To, to that point, he carried the ball 200 plus times. Yeah. His last two seasons, 251 this past yeah. year. So, again, you, you know, if you're the running, if you're if you're Nick Saban, you're doing what's best for the team at that point. But there is that you know, how many more carries do you have if you're going for 500 your last two seasons in college?
1: I can tell you a story. When, when Mark Ingram was coming out, he was going on back in the day. You can go on team visits. He still wasn't healthy from the season. Now teams knew that he's going to be fine, but I mean he was playing late. He was playing probably early in January, but his body hadn't recovered yet from the bruising. And again, they the whole idea is there's a carrot there. We want you to get to the NFL, so we're going to take care of your but they, they got so many running backs that it takes you two years to kind of even get it in the mix. So uh, not surprising, but, I mean, this guy was electric in college. Oh, there was no question about it. Very, very fun to watch Najee Harris,
0: especially behind that Alabama offensive line. And that also kind of inflates some numbers when people look at Alabama draft prospects because the entire team is made up of first round draft picks, it seems. Let's continue here. Top 50 draft prospects as Mike Jarecki sees it at number 23 offensive tackle out of Michigan, Jalen Mayfield, 6'5", 320 pounds, did have an ankle injury this past season, but someone who has experience at both left and right tackle.
1: You're talking about an athletic tackle, 6'5", 326, with just over a 1,000 college snaps to his name. He plays with alert eyes and well-balanced pass sets um, with an excessive punch, uh, wind-up, wind up, and lack of anchor will make it tough for him to slow down NFL pass rushers. But for the most part, he had, he's he got the size. I think after you look at the two top tackles, then you look at uh, Raroteka Tucker, he's probably the next best uh, offensive tackle Um, again, when you take a guy that played at Michigan, we know that they're tough players. He grew up in Grand Rapids, um, you know, his, his comp is Trey Pipkins. I'm not familiar with him for the most part, but recognizes pre-snap pressures, um, can kick out slide is in steady move. So once again, the fact that he can play both left and right tackle. Now the only knock on him, Craig, he's only, he only has 15 career starts. So, the experience
0: is something that you'd have to sit there and figure out. Maybe it's one of those players that, like a Highly DJ Humphreys, red redshirt that yeah. first season. Mayfield's right. teammate, Quiddy Pay, comes in at number 22, the defensive end out of Michigan, two time second team, all Big Ten selection. The knock on him, though, as a defensive end, only had two sacks this past season, but a great story. Born in a refugee camp in Guinea, so this is someone that has been through a lot, a lot of hardships, but has put himself in position to hear his name called on day one of the 2021 NFL draft.
1: Yeah, great story. 6'3", 261, 33-inch arms, as you pointed out, you know, um, he's, he had an opportunity to come here and the comp is Emmanuel Ogba, who obviously plays in the NFL. Um, you know, he's, he's bounced around a little bit. Um, but the explosive testing will surely get teams of valuers excited. It may be uh, hard to bang the table for this guy based on the tape, but his traits and position, uh, potential should not be discounted. He'll continue to be a skilled up tech in fundamentals. Um, so great story here, as you said, it wasn't very productive. Now, when you start looking at, He only has 19 collegiate starts, so once again, very similar to some other guys, and that's the reason why you're not drafting what they did in college, you're projecting what they're going to do in the NFL. So he was a team captain, got a great work ethic, determined effort, uh, leverage and leg drive to work across the block, Um, but once again, it's just lack of experience, but you're, you're not drafting for one year, you're drafting for the future.
0: And that's what makes the draft one so much fun and two so much nerve wracking because you're banking on what you hope that these players can develop into. So, as they say, in inexact science, in every measure of the word. So, we count it down 30 to 21, and at 21, another defensive player, an edge rusher out of Miami, Jalen Phillips. Loved the size, 6'5", 265, very productive last season. Eight sacks, 15 and a half tackles for loss. It made him a second team All-American. A lot of people like Jalen Phillips when you talk about rushing from the edge and getting after quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, according to reports and, and uh, you know videos and photos, Steve Kine was there along with Adrian Wilson. They were checking out uh, the other pass rusher. Russo. Russo. Yeah, Greg Russo. So they're there looking at that. He can never have enough pass rushers. But uh, the comp is Max Crosby, as you mentioned, 6'6", 260, edge defender uh, with plus physical attributes, motor that keeps working and attacking throughout the rep. Uh, he did not play in Miami's bowl game. You start looking at some of his other strengths. A former five-star recruit has shown flexibility with weight he can carry. Heated up over his final four games with 11 tackle for losses, six and a half sacks. He missed due time due to ankle and wrist injuries and concussions. Um, so obviously, you've got to make sure you do your due diligence there. But I do think when you start looking at some of that second wave of pass rushers, or in this case, first wave, he is going to be one of the guys you're going to hear his name. So I don't know how much interest the Cardinals have in him. Uh, I think they have other needs, but we'll have to wait and see. It's interesting
0: when we talk about edge rushers, and I know there's been the knock that there is not a lot of guys that can get after the quarterback, yet I'll reference it again, Bird Gang. Drew Grigson, the Cardinals Director of Player Personnel this week on the Big Red Rage, liked the pass rush depth when he was asked where this draft was deep in and he didn't mention that you know top heavy but somewhere that you could find talents on day two and day three so you might not have that edge rusher that typically you see drafted in the top five or top ten but there is depth and we know that the cardinals when you look at edge rushers chandler jones last year of his contract what did the cardinals do marcus golden Okay, he's getting a little bit older, Devon Kennard. You need to get younger at certain positions, and I would put outside linebacker, edge rusher, as one of those positions that the Cardinals should look to. It's just that we get focused on first round, first round, yet here we have a Cardinals personnel director, whether you believe him or not. And this time of year, sometimes things get said just to get said, but it's the first time that I've heard anyone mention pass rush depth when, when when looking at draft prospects,
1: well, again, just like corners, you can never have enough pass rushers. And the fact is, you know, Dennis Gardek's on the shelf. You know, Canard's under contract. You got Golden. You know, you do have Kylie uh, Kylie Fitz out there. So I mean, you got some, some rotation, but you like to add a young stud because you, you're right. Chandler Jones is, is going to be 32 next year. He's in the final year of his contract. Um, so, again, teams always start to plan ahead, and the draft's a great way of doing that. Now the question is you got to develop them and you got to coach them up because you don't want to say four years from now we should have drafted somebody else.
0: Recapping the last five draft prospects, Caleb Farley, Najee Harris, Jalen Mayfield, Quiddie Pay, and Jalen Phillips. That rounds off this group of 10 prospects Is now we've got our top 20, which we'll get into our next couple of shows here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai Proud Partner of the Arizona Cardinals, Mike Jarecki. Again, he has done the homework. He has looked at the film and counting down, His top 50 draft prospects, we have reached the top 20 and a lot of familiar names out there and specifically names that have been linked to the Cardinals with that 16th overall pick. One last note here before we put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, it certainly sounds like MJ that we will see these draft prospects on the field this offseason. The league released a memo, the offseason program phase one will begin next week. April 19th to May 14th, virtual meetings, no on field work. Second phase, though, you'll have on field drills with coaches. And in that third phase is what we get the OTAs, the mandatory mini camp, and there will be a rookie football development program and post draft mini camp. That to me is huge. Last year's draft class, Isaiah Simmons and Company did not get that opportunity so the first time that they are around teammates and around the facility was after training camp and i just think that these guys need to get their feet wet if you will so i'm happy to hear that and now we'll just have to kind of wait and see what teams and the nflpa decides to do or come to an agreement as far as what this offseason program looks like voluntary Yet, there's certainly been a lot of discussion out there as far as what to do or what voluntary means and some suggestions from the NFLPA to to maybe not attend these sessions.
1: Furthermore, I mean, a guy like Isaiah Simmons, including this entire rookie class for all 32 clubs, they need a couple preseason games. I mean, I, I, I would try to bring back guys that are going into year two. So the good news, hopefully in due time, we'll have more information. But the fact is that the rookies will... We'll have their time together when the veterans aren't around to make the mistakes and hopefully they learn something but just to get these young guys on the field i don't think veteran players um, they'll be ready to go you hope they're in shape going into training camp you know knock the rust off in a couple preseason games but it's really for guys that are three years or haven't been in the league three years or more and you know christian kirk can always use more reps they all could that's the only way you're going to get better so I'm encouraged what I'm hearing based on what happened last year. It wasn't ideal for anybody, but all 32 teams had to deal with it.
0: Yeah, certainly for those young players to get some kind of reps. Yes, it's against air and there's no hitting, but you just want to get, as I said, get your feet wet so you're not in over your heads, if you will, once training camp begins and the regular season starts. Quick note, the Cardinals have made it official. They announced that both restricted free agent linebacker dennis gardek and exclusive rights linebacker kylie fitz have signed their one-year tenders so that is good news those two players are officially signed and not that they were going anywhere but that's always something that you have to pay attention to but the Cardinals earlier today, announcing that those two players have signed their one-year tenders. So welcome back, Gardeck and Fitz, even though they weren't going anywhere here in 2021.
1: More of a formality, and, and the good news is both of those guys you mentioned, they really good special teams players. And I think they showed that really with, with given the opportunities, they can play on defense. And so you can never have enough depth. And the fact that they're familiar with each other from the organization standpoint to the coaching standpoint, Um, And I think both guys fit in the locker room. So, again, you can never have enough depth. All right, Craig, before we get to the weekend, so Larry Fitzgerald is going to be in Tampa.
0: Another golf tournament, MJ. He's just just playing golf. That's all it is, just golf.
1: must be nice. I mean, so he's going to be down there and Bruce Arians and, you know, supposedly Tom Brady. I I think he had knee surgery, so maybe he'll just ride around in the golf cart. But, uh, you know, we'll see. uh, They're going to put the recruiting process on him. I, I just going to let Cardinal fans know right now. He's going there to golf. He obviously has a lot of respect, and they raise a lot of money. And uh, just me thinking out loud here, you're not going to hear anything for a while. And you're thinking, it's already been a while. Well, <laughs> this is a big decision for Larry. Does he play? Because he, he, when, you, when you make your mind up, you got to be all in. You can't be thinking, oh, we don't have no offseason workout. I'll just go to training camp. No, it's mind over matter. So... Again, don't have a lot of insight there, but you can enjoy your weekend. Mid-April,
0: still no decision, but we do know this. Larry Fitzgerald loves his golf and he'll be playing golf this weekend with some familiar names and faces. And on that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.